Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. We are all aware of grief. You know, whether it's losing a loved one or losing a job or losing our lifestyle, it's completely present right now. Well, we've all been pushed around. Hello and welcome to It's Complicated with Tanya Gooden, the podcast that helps you untangle your relationship with your phone. Because we've all been pushed around. This is a podcast about learning to live healthily and happily with technology and the digital world and about understanding why sometimes that's so hard to do. Because in learning how to step away from our phones more, we're actually learning how to focus more on our relationships, our work and our health, leaving us happier, healthier and with hours more time in our day. I'm your host, Tanya Gooden, author and founder of digital wellbeing movement Time to Log Off. Each week, I'll be asking a new guest what they've learned about themselves from the relationship they have with the tiny tyrant in their pocket, their smartphone. Today on the podcast, we're going to be talking about a subject that most of us spend quite a lot of time avoiding talking about or even thinking about, which is death, death and grief. As you know, I'm always trying to find examples of technology that is designed to be helpful, tech for good, and I was really pleased to come across Untangle, which has been described as a social network for mourners. So I'm speaking to Emily Cummin, who is the CEO and co-founder of Untangle, and we're talking about really a very topical subject. I mean, death is always topical, unfortunately, for somebody somewhere. But at the moment, it's really top of mind, isn't it? We're all thinking about death a lot. And unfortunately, in the middle of a pandemic, all the normal rituals and coping mechanisms are gone. We're not able to access most of them. We're not able to get together in person. So an app and a website like Untangle struck me as a fantastic thing for us all to find out more about. And Emily and I chatted about why it is we don't really talk about death and why it is maybe we don't even think about making our wishes clear or making a plan that might help people after we die. Obviously, we touched on 
digital legacy. So what might we all want to happen with our social media profiles? How many social media profiles there will be floating around the internet from people who have died at the end of the century is actually quite a shocking number, which I share when we chat. So lots of things really for us to think about. But actually, before you think this sounds like a really grim episode, I just want to say, actually, it's not. It is actually uplifting, I would say. And Emily herself says that she finds working in this sector really life affirming. There's something in thinking about how to make somebody's death easier and how to make the experience for everybody left behind easier that is actually a very positive thing for us to all be talking about. So without further ado, I'm going to let you listen to my chat with Emily. So Emily, hi. Welcome. Hi, Tanya. So it's complicated. I'm <laughs> yeah, I'm excited too. And actually, I told someone this morning, I'm really a friend of mine, so I'm really excited. I'm doing a podcast interview about death. I'm so excited about it. And she looked at me with a really strange expression. And I thought, death is still one of those things that we don't really talk about, do we? Even in a pandemic. Mm. So, I mean, I, I guess like, I suppose I wanted to start with you work in death you work in this kind of industry this area why do you think it is so difficult to talk about when we have broken the taboos around so many other subjects you know we talk about sex now very openly we talk about gender we even talk about the menopause which I thought was going to be one of those subjects no one would ever (laughs) last yeah the last frontier but death really is a subject that people are still incredibly uncomfortable even thinking about why is that do you think I think that is exactly why. No one wants to think about their own mortality. No one wants to think about the people closest to them dying. And so we try and kind of other ourselves from it and and not think about it and not talk about it. I was running a support group last night for people that had lost their partners. And everyone in that group was saying that, like, people just don't don't want to acknowledge it um you know they kind of are like oh are you okay now and then kind of run away mm. and it's it's exactly that it's because actually that person's living a lot of people's worst fears and so we we try and avoid thinking about it and it's a shame because actually by talking about death and discussing it and we actually end up making sure that people have a much better end of life but also that their loved ones are looked after and cared for you know after they die and had a funny story when someone we were talking to said, I didn't know what knickers my mum wanted to be buried in. <laughs> and and you think, well, like, that sounds so silly and it's, it is funny. But also, you know, when you're in a heightened emotional state and you're trying to make decisions that would have been best for your loved one, you, you want to know and you want to have had those discussions beforehand. So it is such a shame that we, we don't feel comfortable talking about it. Yeah, and one of the things, when we were setting this interview up, one of the things you shared with me was the statistic of how many people die without a will so the fact Mm. that we can't bring ourselves to leave instructions or think about our death and tell me again what percentage that is it is shocking so 61 percent of people die without a will and that is i mean writing a will is the easiest thing you can do it's complete you can do it for free to protect your loved ones and people just still don't do it and it's because you don't want to think about your death and 
And so, yeah, it's, it's a really shocking statistic. And, you know, now that we're I'm kind of working in this space and grief is very normal in, in the sense that we talk about it all the time, that shocks me even more. Yeah, I was really horrified. I think I shared with you that I'm one of those weird people that not only has made a will, but actually quite enjoy talking about it. And I've, <laughs> it's I've remade it several times. And I see it as entirely practical, just, you know, mm. a kind of a box that I have to tick. But I'm aware that whenever I mention it, whenever I say, oh, by the way, I've updated my will and, you know, I've now done X, Y, Z, that people are like, oh, don't talk about it. You know, don't. it's almost mm. like it's bad luck yeah. to talk about yeah. a will. Well, it's, it's funny, actually, today, this is a bit dark, but my mum my has COVID at the moment oh, and she's gosh. thankfully on the mend. But she just messaged um, my sister and I a picture of her will. Um, oh. And my sister said, oh, don't don't think like that. And I was like, I'm really glad that you're actually sorting this out because, you know, it's so important yeah. to, to discuss these things. And we've discussed her wishes and I'm really glad that we have. So, I mean, hopefully, you know, everything's going to be all right. But you just never know, do you? It's so superstitious, isn't it? It's the fact, it's the feeling that if we think about it, we're going to make it happen. You know, if we make mm. a plan, it means we're more likely to die. Yeah. So you uh, tell me a little bit about how you came to be working in what has been called death tech with untangle and i mm. i read it described as a social network for death is that a good way of describing it or is it yeah kind to, of more to some than extent that? it is it's a little bit more than that so when we first started we were very much looking at connecting people that have had similar experiences of loss together because actually what kept coming up time and time again was that people felt like you know even if everyone in one family has had the same loss actually everyone's relationship to that person is different and their experience is different. Sometimes it's nice to talk to other people that have lost mm. a parent or a partner um, who understand. So we started off with these kind of peer support groups and we still run those. Um, but we also run a kind of service to help people through all the stages after they've had a loss. So everything from registering the death through to finding a therapist, through to locating accounts, and then to kind of replanning your life beyond that loss and that's things like thinking about your future and what kind of retirement you may want without that partner and how you save for that so we we kind of look at ourselves as a practical and emotional grief concierge if you like yeah and this came from both Emma my co-founder and I kind of experiencing losses in our life for Emma her dad died three years ago and she is a software engineer so for her she was like this is so crazy that at the most stressful time in my, my life my mum's life my sister's life we're having to make lots of decisions um, about things we've never done before and it's it's actually crazy like in the first month after someone has a bereavement they have to speak to on average 40 different companies or providers 40 different people you have to contact what uh, you know I know I know you have to uh, get a death certificate but that's about and maybe contact the bank but I can't think of who are all those other people you need to contact mm, so you have to contact the bank as you said apply for probate and in doing that you need to work out what their estate is worth so that's talking finding out about the property you need to tell all the utilities companies you Gosh. need to notify the government there are just so many people and you know then they're starting to think about all their digital accounts as well so do you want to memorialize their facebook page what do you want to do with their email addresses so there's just so many people you have to speak to so is there, do you produce some kind of checklist for people to go 
for you know everything they need to go through or do they have to work this out for themselves I mean I've not been you know I'm very lucky I've not had the experience of somebody very close to me die so I've not had to deal with any of this yet but where do you yeah. where do you go how do you know what it is that you're supposed to be doing well you know before we came about people kind of went online had a little look at lots of various websites um, and what we're doing is we're making it really simple for people. So we've got a lot of kind of data. And basically, if you sign up to us, we understand a bit more about you, your life, you know, things like whether you were married or unmarried, whether you lived with your partner, all those kinds of variables impact the steps that you need to take. And we basically guide people through. So we'll say it's week one right now. You only need to think about registering the death and starting to think about probate. And then, you know, week two or three, like, let's plan the funeral. And we take people through all those steps. And we also work with amazing partners, so experts, you know, in, in therapy, in legal services and financial services to help people through all those, those steps as well. So why has no one really done this before? I mean, as you, as you were kind of talking about it, I was thinking... I was thinking about, you know, all those years ago, the experience of being pregnant and all the websites that told you all the stages you went through in pregnancy and thinking, why has Mm. no one done that then for death? I mean, is it just this whole taboo thing that, you know, it's not something we want to think about, therefore no one's going to provide the information? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, we've actually been asking ourselves the same thing, but um, pregnancy is a great analogy because, you know, there's loads of things that you're doing and loads of changes and big emotional and social changes as well. And I think pregnancy, NCT, you know, is a great example of meeting other new parents that are similar to you and that you can go to that experience with together. I think from our, like, the the way that we see it is that actually just, um, it is such a taboo that, that everyone thought, oh, not sure if I want to start, you know, building technology in this space. And actually, when we first started, and, um, you know, we've not been going very long, but people were like, oh, is, is this a charity? And actually, we, you know, we're a tech for good business. But for our, from our perspective, we were like, well, actually, the, the big challenge here is that there are some amazing charities, but they're quite limited in what they offer. And a lot of them work with end of life rather than with um, yeah. actually people post yeah. the incident. And from our perspective, we were like, this is a great opportunity to make the experience much easier for people, much better for people. It doesn't need to be a charity. I mean, people are spending around £11,000 in the first year after a loss. And that's just on very basic things. And from our perspective, you know, they're spending that on really poor services that they're having to find themselves that aren't really catering to their needs. So we just thought, it's really clear that there's an opportunity to make that better, make it cheaper and make it easier for people. And now a message from our sponsor, the Time to Log Off Academy. As Karen Carpenter almost said, logging off is hard to do, particularly during a pandemic. Before we know it, our screens become our masters rather than our servants. And we find ourselves mindlessly scrolling through our phones, obsessively chasing likes on social media, or endlessly checking our work email on the weekends. If any of this sounds familiar, some digital healing may be in order. The experts at the Time to Log Off Academy can help you see which areas of your life are suffering due to screen dependency. They'll guide you through workable solutions so you can build a healthier, happier relationship with your screens and spend more time with pets, people and Mother Nature. 
The Academy's convenient online courses are available now, and fans of It's Complicated can save with a strictly limited pandemic offer. To get 25% off your digital well-being course, visit academy.itstimetologoff.com today and use the code NOW25 while this offer lasts. So you mentioned just a bit earlier about thinking about your digital estate and your Mm. digital inheritance. I had an example recently, actually, sadly, a friend of mine whose husband died during the pandemic and didn't have access to any of his email accounts because didn't have any of his passwords. And we're told, aren't we, all the time, keep your passwords private, don't write them down anywhere. Apart from kind of leaving instructions as to where your passwords are, what are the other things we need to think about in terms of our digital inheritance? Mm. What kind of instructions do we need to leave? So in terms of planning, I mean, you need to obviously, actually, ideally is writing down all your passwords, but also instructions for what you actually want done with those things. So do you want your accounts closed? Do you want your social media accounts closed? Do you want them memorialised? Would you like all your email accounts shut down? One of the big things that comes up for us a lot, actually, is answer machine messages on phones. Oh, gosh, and yes. photos and, mess, you know, voice messages that people send each other. Because once you shut down someone's or cancel someone's phone contract, all of those are wiped. Yeah. So things like making sure that you've backed up and stored all of your photos and, and you know, all your data on your phone, so voice messages that you've shared with that person are, are really important. And, you know, we've had horrible stories where people have not realised that they were going to lose all this when they've cancelled someone's mm. account. And then, you know, suddenly lots of memories and, and moments have been lost. So those kinds of things, storing storing everything safely and away from the devices is, is a good thing you can do. Also, I think, uh, again, I've, I've got another example where there's been quite a lot of disagreement in a family, a particular family, mm-hmm. about what to do with a social media account because the friends of the person who died wanted to keep it as something that they could visit. Yeah. In fact, I, I saw some uh, really interesting statistics that said that nearly 60% of us have viewed a social media account of a friend or family member after they died, you know, deliberately visiting it to remember but the family the relatives of the person who died wanted to get rid of it completely and it's caused a massive degree of kind of unpleasantness in this group because Mm. clear instructions weren't left by the person who died you know I want my profile to be visible or not yeah you you can actually on your Facebook and Instagram appoint someone who's your contact so you can actually go into your settings and appoint someone to be your contact basically for after you? you to take ah. yeah to take over your account and actually that happened Facebook introduced that I think if I'm correct because they had basically loads of accounts for people that had passed away that were just sitting there yeah so yeah you can appoint someone and you can say whether you want the account closed or, or turned into a memorial account so That's something really quick and easy we can all do today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Actually, then the other side is that I've heard, you know, lovely stories of perhaps closing all those social media accounts, but families creating a kind of digital um, gallery mm. where people can submit messages or photos or memories of that person. And it kind of lives as a, a kind of digital collection of memories, yeah. um, which I think is really nice because everyone has a different perspective and actually, so I'm Jewish, and one of the things, the Jewish traditions is we sit shiver, which is basically a six or seven day um, grieving period. And you do it at the immediate relative's house. And lots and lots of people, family, friends come and share memories kind of every evening. And I remember at my grandpa shiver, like finding it really, really touching because I was suddenly hearing stories of him as, you know, a 20 year old who was from his friend and that's the side of him that actually I didn't get to know because it's a completely yeah. different side and it was really lovely to hear kind of stories about him brought to life in a completely different way um, so I think there's something quite powerful about collecting those memories from lots of different perspectives. Actually I was going to ask you about the cultural angle do you think there's just mm-hmm. some you know cultures that are worse than others I mean you're you know, are we just particularly bad Anglo-Saxon, you know, Protestants? We're just, you know, really bad at dealing with death in a way that people in Europe aren't or that the Jewish community aren't or that Muslims aren't. You know, what is do you, do you think there's something that draws together all the people that are using your services or not? You know, you, no, you know what? There isn't. Um, we've got people across different cultures, different backgrounds. One of the things that's quite interesting is expats. So we have quite a high proportion of expats compared to kind of the normal population. And partly that's because people, you know, if you're living abroad, you're away from maybe family and friends and you lose someone, you can feel really, really isolated more so than, than normally. So I think that's something. And on the other side, generally the way that we 
deal with death has completely changed over the last kind of 50 to 100 years. Like we've completely sterilized it. You know, people die in hospitals and hospices, mm. not in the front room at home really anymore. And so there's a real, that shift I think has, has separated us from death and having to think about death. And also, you know, mortality rates of, you know, people survive a, lo yeah. a lot better these days. So in some way, it's a bit of a luxury that we're, we're, we can separate ourselves from it. But on the other side, you know, it's, it's the only inevitability in life. But I think we've, you know, gone too far the other way now. So we, we aren't talking about it. So what's and happened to, to grief and what's happened to you in the pandemic? Because suddenly, surely, mm. we're all facing death in the face now. Is that, have you yeah. noticed a difference in... Massive. Yeah, yeah a me. massive difference. So one of the big differences... So firstly, we are all aware of grief. We, you know, whether it's losing a loved one or losing a job or losing our lifestyle, like it's completely present right now. And on the other side, all our normal coping mechanisms are out the window. You know, we can't, yes, there was a period maybe in summer when things were a bit easier, but we're not able to go and um, do all the things that we normally do to distract ourselves. So that combination of things has put a real laser focus on grief. Mm -hmm. And what we've seen is lots of people sign up in our community who have basically suddenly found themselves confronted with a loss that maybe happened five, ten years ago, or more recently, and they're um, having, you know, suddenly this kind of backdrop of grief has made them really think That's about it. Yeah, yeah. So it's been, it's been kind of interesting to observe, but also, and that's kind of the historical stuff. And then actually, through this year, obviously, all the normal grieving rituals have been disrupted. So mm. people couldn't go to funerals, they couldn't say goodbye, they couldn't be there in the last moment. I heard a, like someone in our community sort of really lovely story about how he his dad died and they could only have five of them this is kind of height of lockdown at the funeral and so they insisted that the hearse it was a bit cheeky of the you know the funeral parlor but they basically agreed to drive the hearse around mm. the area of the city that this person grew up in and everyone, like all the family and friends, came out onto the street come and out. How lovely. applauded. Yeah, and it was it was lovely. But obviously, for a lot of people, they're not getting those mm. those like, those closure moments. And ritual is really important in this grief. And you go back. You you know you mentioned earlier about culture, and I think that's where culture and, and traditions do play an important part because people understand certain cues about what things mean. You know, some people get closure from knowing that that person's been cremated or going to a funeral and people aren't getting that. So yeah. I think we're going to see a big, well, the NHS are obviously calling this looming mental health crisis, but a big impact down the line as people start to process what's what's been happening. So actually, I'm really interested in talking about the impact on you of doing all of mm. this because, <laughs> I mean, I think this is such a brilliant example of tech for good and I'm always trying to find examples on the podcast of people that are really using tech in a really positive way and I really I really think what you're doing is fantastic but as you're talking I'm thinking all of your day is absorbed by thinking about death isn't it mm. so how mm. how do you deal with that what what how are you managing to kind of keep yourself 
sane yeah. and functioning while dealing with a subject that most of us don't want to think about at all? Yeah, it's um, so there's a couple of things we've put in place as a team. So we have a safeguarding officer, Lizzie, who's amazing. She's a trained psychotherapist and she does safeguarding for the Samaritans. So she runs a monthly kind of peer support session with the team. Yeah. And so we discuss any themes that have come up that are challenging and talk about, you know, how we may respond to them, particularly on our kind of customer service team that are working closely with users a lot of the time. So that's kind of one side of it and how we protect ourselves. And then personally, I mean, you know, I see a therapist. I think that's really important when you're dealing with and talking to people that are having a difficult time. Sometimes you do take on that. So and then, you know, just uh, kind of my own mental health uh, maintenance toolkit, which is a mixture of exercise, getting enough sleep and um, recognising when I need a break. Um, Yeah. But on the other side, it's also really affirming because, you, you know, it's not it's not kind of morbid in the sense that what we're doing is trying to make it easier for people. We're trying to make it less overwhelming. So the angle in which, you know, we I'm having conversation, you know, I talk to funeral directors and therapists and um, as well. And it's it's really exciting because actually we're trying to find a solution to something that's yeah. a really big problem for a lot of people. So. I think there's a there's kind of hopefulness as well that is mixed into that. So death is life affirming, in fact, is what you're saying <laughs> in yeah, a strange yeah. way. Making it easy, making the process easier. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I think it does, you know, it puts your own life in quite a sharp lens in a way. Like after, sometimes we facilitate peer support groups and, you know, I'll, I'll run one of those and then I think... I want to message my friends and the people I love and tell them I love them because it's a reminder that you've got to not take those things for granted as well. Um, And have you made a will? I haven't. Do you know what? I don't actually have anything to put in my will. Um, An overdraft um, for someone to pay off. Once, yeah, I have actually kind of told my, I told my sister kind of, what I wanted done with all of my social media accounts. That's good, uh, yeah. And she's my kind of named person. Yeah. And I've also explicitly said I want everyone to wear pink at my funeral. Oh. And Chaka Khan, I'm Every Woman, <laughs> is what's going to be played. So I've put some requests in, but no, I haven't. I haven't. Once I have, I have something to believe in my will, I will definitely make one. I'm now making a mental note that I have to specify what knickers I want to be buried in after that example yeah. you gave, because I realised I haven't covered that. So that's yeah, yet that's, another. That's very important. That's you know? another revision <laughs> I can make. So I've got three questions that I ask everybody, Emily, Mm. at the end of the podcast. So if you've got one message to everyone listening to this about their relationship with tech and the digital world and death, maybe, what's the message you'd like to you'd like everyone to think about? Thinking about what you want with your digital, like your digital legacy. So it's something really simple that you can think about straight away. You know, what what do I want left of me online after I'm gone? And put that in writing or just tell someone you love that that's what you want so I think thinking about that is something we can all do today and and it will save a lot of headaches for other people and actually I when I was researching this chat with you one of the other stats I found is that 
apparently there could be as many as 4.9 billion deceased users floating around the internet by the end of the century Um, because so many people are not specifying what they want done with their digital legacy so yeah that's quite a lot for everybody to deal with isn't it 4.9 million so definitely we're thinking about have you got a tip you know you're working in tech you're working in the digital world all the time have you got a tip around how you get a good balance you've talked about thinking about self-care and exercise Mm. and mental health but is there anything else you do specifically around devices or tech yeah I mean I'm quite particular about tech um I think it's really powerful for connecting people for helping people for educating people but it's also can be really damaging. So I I do have Instagram, but I don't post any pictures. I about five years ago made a conscious effort to, or maybe less than five years, but I deleted all my pictures, Gosh. and it's so liberating. I have one picture which is like a statement about being present. It's quite cringy, but <laughs> it's really liberating because actually, you know, I'm not thinking about it. Um, it's just not in my sphere, and I only follow you know artists and and um, people that I really admire and respect so I've kind of created my Instagram to be something that's inspiring and enjoyable um, for me and then the other thing um, which is kind of maybe counterintuitive to say on a podcast but I'm very careful about kind of when I plug into listening to things and when I just let my mind wander so in pre-covid world I used to walk to work and it was about an hour walk and I consciously only ever listened to music rather than listening to a podcast so that I could just let my mind wander and and not be not be consciously kind of absorbing information but actually just kind of having space Mm. to go go where let my mind go where it needed to go and I think that's something that is kind of important because you spend so much time consuming information and actually creating time and space for, to not be consuming information, but to be creating um, feels really important. That is That's my tip. <laughs> such an interesting point. As you were saying that, I was nodding away enthusiastically because I always used to use my walks. I have a dog and every time I take the dog out, I used mm. to use that as a, being plugged into a podcast. That was my podcast time. But actually, I, I think during lockdown noticed that I just needed a bit of complete headspace of silence of nothing going on because I wasn't really taking in the walk I was so focused on the podcast so I think that's a really good point and I think a lot of us have fallen into that you know let's fill every moment of our day and again like you I don't want to diss podcasts <laughs> no but, they're amazing but there's a but time we don't all, yeah we don't always have to fill every gap so I think that's brilliant a brilliant mm. tip and what have you learned about yourself from your relationship with technology over the years and your relationship with the digital world yeah I think um going back to that kind of Instagram point of uh deleting all my pictures as a protest um I uh you know don't, I I think that maybe it's made me realize I'm slightly less conformist than I thought I was mm. um because that even silly things like I I don't this is a bit strange, but I don't have any pictures on the backgrounds of my computer or my phone. Oh, I just have a plain white background and it's just clean and tidy. And I think everyone laughs at me. Um, one of my friends was like, you're actually a psychopath. The fact that you don't have a photo <laughs> in your background. Um, but it's made me realise that I'm actually comfortable, you know, doing what suits me best. And that extends to my digital self, if you like, and, and doing actually what makes me feel better in the real world, which is 
what's actually really important. So, yeah, I think the the kind of non-conformist in me through through technology has made me realise that about myself. And that's interesting because and, and that kind of fits in with what you're doing as well with Untangle, I think, that it is mm. quite non-conformist to be tackling a subject like that so head on. Um, yeah, I never really thought about that, yeah. but that's true. It's exactly the type of area that, you know, the majority of people would think, no, 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 I don't want to go there. And you're tackling that. So um, that's fantastic. Tell us how we can find Untangle. Website, so, app, social handles. Yeah, um, it's Everything's at, at Untangle Grief on socials. And the website is www.untanglegrief.com. And on the iOS app store, is also Untangled Grief app. So find us there and you can sign up to our newsletter if um, you know you don't have to have had a bereavement to kind of stay involved and stay connected. And also I think people are scared when they hear about someone who's had a loss to recommend yeah, something. Yeah. But actually it's a really helpful thing you can do to say, you know, this this will make your life a bit easier. So I think don't be afraid to um, recommend us is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, yeah. as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking of somebody that I'm going to recommend you to already. Who actually said to me quite recently, "There's so much stuff that I'm having to wade through as a result of a death." So really mm. useful. And I'm thinking also, just you know, if you haven't got a gr- if you if you're not grieving and you don't know anyone, just thinking about planning ahead. I know people. As I'm saying that, people are going to be wincing. It would be also quite useful to look at your kind of services and think these are all the things I need to think about when I'm, you know, either writing my my will or making my wishes clear. And we have actually had people, you know, sign up that we've helped with planning. So, you know, we have all the connections and resources to do that. So um, exactly. But yes, planning ahead is important. And I I completely agree. I think you're doing the right thing talking about your will. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thank you so much, Emily. It's been brilliant. I've really enjoyed thank it. Thank you. Yeah, so have I. Thanks so much for inviting me. I, um, it's been lovely talking. Thank you for listening to this episode of It's Complicated. If you haven't already, please do subscribe, rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. It helps other people find us and it means you get a helpful little notification when a new episode becomes available. For more about getting a healthy balance with tech, you can follow me, Tanya Goodin, or Time to Log Off on Instagram and Twitter. And both my books, Off and Stop Staring at Screens, are available on Amazon and at all good bookshops. Finally, for more information about this and other episodes in the podcast series, visit itstimetologoff.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.